0: All right, (laughs) you can be seated, come on. I ain't that much, but when I grow up, I'd like to look like Ryan, Pastor Ryan. By the way, I used to run track and cross country. Any athletes in the house? Be careful, keep working out or this could happen to you. (laughs) It is a joy to be here and uh, it's an understatement that I love Pastor Steve and Pastor Tammy, and guess what? They're watching. They uh, they told me they'd be watching. They, they wanna see if I'm clothed and in my right mind. Uh, Pastor Steve, I have my clothes on. I don't know much about my mind, but I'm glad to be here. Hey, uh, I know a couple of weeks ago that uh, another great leader, Pastor Andrew Carroll, uh, led you in prayer for uh, Pastor Steve and I think it would be okay and right if we pray for Pastor Steve. I asked him yesterday, is there anything I need to tell New Life for you? And he said, I miss my peeps. So uh, I'm gonna send him some peeps. Uh, (laughs) But I remember in a sermon recently, he said, "Um, don't send me enchiladas because he can't have food from the outside. So I sent him a text to say, would you take my enchiladas? And he said, especially not yours. So, <laughs> But I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Uh, when I say a certain word, like I'm going to say, let's pray together for healing. You're going to say the word healing with me, okay? And then I'm going to say, let's pray together for joy. Now one thing I know about Pastor Steve, because we're close friends, I'm going to give you an inside story through all the storms of his life, whether physical, spiritual, or emotional, the guy has never lost his joy. And I know the scripture says, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and in his presence there's fullness of joy. So I'm gonna say in a minute my prayer, let's pray for for joy, continued joy and strength. And I believe this with all my heart. I believe this with all my heart. Pastor Steve's gonna come back stronger, wiser, healthier, and I'm even praying he has more hair when he comes back. So come on now. So Lord God, in your powerful name, we pray together for healing for Pastor Steve. Let's say healing in Jesus' name. Let's say it, healing in Jesus' name. We pray for continued strength, Lord. Give him strength. Let's say it, strength in Jesus' name. And we pray for continued joy. Let's say it, joy. In Jesus' name, over Pastor Steve. Bless he and Pastor Tammy, and may their future be greater than their past, because you are the same as Pastor Ryan reminded us, yesterday, today, and forever. And we love you, Lord, and we give you praise. Can we give the Lord a good clap offering this morning? Woo! Well, I feel like I've been in church after that worship, Uh, There's something about anointing in this place. Now, you have a wonderful team, don't get me wrong, but uh, there's a lot of great musicians in the world. But their hearts are right. Their hearts are calibrated to God and to his spirit. And I know they seek the Lord on your behalf. They seek the Lord in the songs that they're going to lead you in and I know that the presence of God comes where there's humble people, people that welcome his presence. And I'm just gonna tell you, I, I've been at church since I was 14. I pastored in Lompoc 36 years. I pastored in a place called Silmar, the north end of San Fernando Valley for eight years. So I'm coming on 44 and a half years of ministry. And I, I know when God shows up. Just trust me on that. And he's definitely in this place. And don't hold this against me for sermon time, but you have some of the finest staff members anywhere of any church. They are committed, they're wonderful. So I wanna tell you a quick story about a boy named Johnny in middle school. Anybody have any middle schoolers? Okay, three of you, good. Uh, Start having more kids, all right, anyway. So the, the teacher was asking her class what's your favorite animal? And he went around a room and it came to Johnny and Johnny said, my favorite animal is fried chicken. <laughs> and the teacher said, that's not funny. Yet the whole class laughed and he got sent to the principal's office, told the principal what happened. The principal laughed, said, don't do that again tomorrow. Well, the next day the teacher went along and asked a different kind of question. Uh, what's your favorite living animal? And Johnny said, chicken. And the teacher asked, why chicken? Because you can turn it into fried chicken. And Johnny got sent to the principal's office again. (laughs) Don't do that tomorrow, Johnny. So the last day the teacher kind of mixed it up. Who's your favorite American hero? And Johnny said, Colonel Sanders. (laughs) Guess where Johnny was sent? Well, I wanna submit to you that Johnny had a condition that some people have even in the body of Christ, it's called stuckness. And there is a psychological condition called stuckness. Now, I don't wanna talk about the psychological condition, I'd like to talk about the spiritual condition. If Pastor Ryan is true, and I know he was, he said the same God that healed you in the past and sustained you in the past is the same God that's working in your midst today. And what a fine message last Sunday that he brought you, that you're in the middle of a miracle and what to do when you're in that miracle. And the week before, uh, Pastor Andrew Carroll brought you a message from Philippians chapter one, where he talked to us about moving on, not being stuck. And so I thought, wow, if he can use Philippians, so can I, because about three months ago, Pastor Steve was in a series in the book of Philippians. And I want you to know, even though I'm a preacher, I listen to all Pastor Steve's sermons. You have them all memorized, right? (laughs) <laughs> you have all the lessons down in your journal, right? Come on, everything he says, right? You, you got it there. So today, I'm a good preacher, but I'm going to preach uh, quote a great preacher. Because good preachers quote great preachers. And I'm going to quote from Pastor Steve today uh, and talk a little bit about some of what he said in the book of Philippians. But before we get there, and if you want to open your Bible, because how many brought your Bible? I actually brought my big one because this is the house where they hold their Bibles up. Come on, I know about that. Come on, good. In a minute, we're gonna read. And I'm gonna have you stand here, but I'm not gonna have you stand for 25 verses like Pastor Ryan did last Sunday. We're just, we're just gonna do like four verses in a moment. So get your Bibles ready, Philippians 3. But before we get there, do you remember the story where Jesus encountered a man who hadn't walked for 38 years? He's by a pool. When the angel comes and stirs up the water, what happens? Uh, people get in the water and they get healed and Jesus asked this very specific question, do you want to get to get well? Do you want to get healed? And rather than answering the question, he breaks out with excuses. Well, you know, uh, there's nobody to throw me in the water when the water is stirred. Now who's he standing, Who, excuse me, who's standing in front of him? It's Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Lamb of God, Savior of the world. And all the guy can do is make an excuse. Listen, if Jesus shows up by the power of the Holy Spirit in your presence and says, do you want to get well? You just say with hands lifted up, absolutely. Don't make an excuse. Well, my mother, you know, and my dad, and my professor told me, my, 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 my coach didn't let me be first string and I tried to be a cheerleader and they didn't pick me. None of you ever do right? just me. Am I the only whiner in the house? Am I the only complainer in the house that needs to be delivered from complaining in life? <laughs> Come on, yeah. And so all of a sudden Jesus says, do you wanna get well? I believe that Jesus is in the business of making us better, not just making our lives better, but making us better at life. He's not just in the business of dying on a cross, but he's in the business of taking his substitutionary death. Boy, Pastor Philip, this morning, I was like moved to tears as we had communion. But listen, he's not just in the business of I died for you, he's in the business of saying I wanna apply my death to your life and my resurrection to your life and the same power that rose me from the dead wants to live inside of you. So here's my question today. And maybe it's only for one person in the house or one person watching online, but here's my question. What do you need to let go of and what does God want you to embrace? What do you need to let go of and what does God want you to embrace? Another quick story, his name was Moses. He had a rod in his hand. He was a shepherd. He protected himself and his sheep with the rod. He was comfortable holding on to that stick. And God speaks to him and says, throw it down, Moses. And I think if you rewind that part of the video, you're gonna see Moses clench. This is what I know. I'm comfortable with this. This was Moses' stuckness. And when he threw it down, what happened? Finally, by faith, he throws it down. It becomes a serpent. He goes, woo, that's pretty cool. And then all of a sudden he picks it up by the tail and it becomes a rod again. He puts it down. This is cool. See, when you take whatever's in your hand or whatever's in your past, whatever has been spoken over your life, good or bad, and you lay it down at the feet of Jesus, Jesus does miracles with it. Jesus takes your experiences and he turns them into great places of ministry. You've heard it preached from this podium. He takes our messes and turns them into miracles. He takes our junk and makes treasures out of it. Uh, I'm, I'm a testimony of that. So is there anything in your past that's holding you back? Just a question. Is there something you'd like to do for God, but you're afraid to do it because of your history or where you've been or some word that was spoken over you or maybe that there was ill treatment or maybe you were molested or abused, the worst of the worst. Listen, the Lord has a way, if we allow Him, to change us from the inside out. It's not just a church thing, it's something that happens internally. It's not just behavior modification, it's something that God does within our spirit, within our mind. He gets rid of our stinking thinking, and He renews us, Romans 12 says, by the transformation of our mind. And I'm gonna put my hand up and say, because we're gonna be friends in the next few minutes, we we'll to become best friends. I've had seasons in my life where I allowed words that people spoke to me to haunt me. And I know what the devil does in the darkness of night. He brings back phrases that people said or, or things that people did. And my mind is always going, I have an A++, triple plus, quattro plus mind. It's turbocharged, supercharged, man. I got inner coolers in my head, if you know what that is. I mean, it's always going all the time. And I allow sometimes this the voices you, you, I had a voice a week ago. You know what the voice said in the middle of the night? Who do you think you are to go to New Life? Well, Pastor Steve invited me weeks ago. But the voice in the night said, who, who, who do you think you are? You know how great that church is? You're gonna stand up there, <laughs> and speak to them. Yeah, I am, I've still got 30 minutes on the clock. <laughs> and, and if I get fired up, I might go play the drums. I don't know. You know, who knows, no I won't, I won't, I won't. Boy, he's a good drummer, I like to take him home with me. So I better get back to the message, I'm just having fun. By the way, Pastor Steve's final text this morning says, please have fun today. What a guy, you know, what do you do with that guy, you know? And by the way, I have to tell him and Pastor Tammy to stop bragging about you guys. See, when I get with pastors, pastors whine about their church all the time, their leadership, their stuff. They always brag about you guys, like, well, can you do anything else but brag about them? And then they'll say, okay, well, let me, let me tell you about my kids, and I, then they brag about them. And so anyway, it's good, it's good to know that they brag about you, but I, I have a small little, little word for you today, and it's not real profound or deep, but it's just this. God has a preferable future for you, not just the church, but for you and God is at work and he's not left you and he's not failed you so now we got Philippians chapter (laughs) 3 can we stand for the reading of God's Word because that's what you guys do here and I want to be come on B-I-B-L-E everybody we're gonna read from Philippians 3 verse 12 13 and 14 three verses not 25 (laughs) let's read it can we not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, now catch this, brothers and, and, and sisters, brothers and sisters, let's read. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, real loud, forgetting and straining toward, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus, amen? Okay, you can be seated. Thanks for reading God's word and new life in the house. I love it. I love it. So what do you need to let go of? What do you need to embrace? See, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi is not just his story. It's God breathing words into his life and into his story so we can learn from him. Remember, all of this book is God breathed. And so when you read this book, when you journal in the morning, when you have your devotions with God, the breath of God is here and He's still breathing today. It has the power to come from there to here and then to now and touch your life in such a way that it speaks to you. And Paul is saying through this book, as as Pastor Steve taught you, this book of joy, that 16 times in this book, he uses the word joy. And this is the quote, number one, you can write it in your notes, that we're to have, it's a healthy dissatisfaction. And I'm quoting the great Pastor Steve. We're to have a healthy view of who Christ is and even a healthy view of where we are today, but we're not to be stuck where we are today. There is more for us and we need to keep running the race set before us and moving forward. I know people all the time. Again, I've been, been in ministry a long time. I know people say, well, I got saved 20 years ago. I've been a Christian 20 years. No, you haven't. You've been a Christian one year, 20 times. You're still stuck, not, not you. Oh, oh, not you, I miss a guess. Not not you, but you, 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 you got saved and then you, you camped on that one year. Well, I went to a conference at New Life. I went to the church camp. I went to a women's meeting. I I gave my life to Jesus, one and done. Listen, Christianity is not one and done. The God who never changes is changing us from glory to glory. Every time we worship, every time we read the word, let me tell you what his hidden MO is. And it's not that hidden. He wants to change us. He wants to transform us. He wants to renew us. And I feel like there might be somebody here today that's just you're stuck. You're stuck. God's asking you to serve. Maybe with the kids, maybe with the youth. Maybe God's asking you, oh, here it comes, get ready now. Drum roll. Maybe he wants you to start tithing and giving your finances. Oh, boy, I told you went to church, you're going to hear about money. I just did. (laughs) Why on earth would I talk about that? Because God wants to bless you. You can't claim the blessings of a tither if you aren't one. That's good preaching right there. I don't care what you say. Come on. You can't claim the blessings of healing if you don't believe God's gonna heal you. And so I'm just encouraging you today as a fellow sojourner in the faith to have a healthy dissatisfaction. Listen, I'm grateful for how God has shaped me where God has brought me. I'm grateful for friends in my life. I've got some friends in this room that came this morning to support me. I'm so grateful for their friendship, their brotherhood, but I'm not happy where I am. I'm not happy with the price of gas, hello, while I'm on it. (laughs) Price of eggs. I'm not happy with the stock market. Not that I got a lot of money invested. I got a little money. I I had a little money. (laughs) It keeps going down. I'm not gonna talk politics. Oh, thank God for that. Somebody said, I'm dissatisfied with the candidate choices. I said, I understand. Why don't you run then? <laughs> oh. They shut up right away, you know, anyway. <laughs> but folks, I'm not happy resting in my stuckness. I'm grateful for how, God, how far God has brought me. But I believe the word that I shared earlier is a word for me too. God has a preferable future for me. And whatever you're facing, it's not all about this and it's not all about now, come on. We can focus so much on our problem that God is diminished in our eyes. But I'm gonna encourage you to focus more on God and watch Him grow in your eyes. I'm gonna ask you to focus more on God and watch God grow rather than the problem and start changing even our language. I love what Paul said, uh, if you still have your Bibles out, Philippians 3, four to six, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, I was a Pharisee. Now we know who Pharisees were, right? Pastor Steve taught you this. They had the first five books of the Bible memorized, the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that's a lot of memorization. We know that the Apostle Paul wrote over half the New Testament. We know that he was a Christian for over 30 years. We know that he spoke multiple languages. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. That's where kings came from. If anybody could have rested on their position, it would have been him. But he had this encounter on the Damascus road where the Lord met him and was brighter than the noonday sun. Transformed his life. And here's probably the greatest Christian who ever lived. You know what he says? I'm not content with where I am. In chapter 4, he'll say I'm content with what I have, whether a little or a lot. I'm content with what's in front of me but I'm not content with who I am. I've not arrived yet. Listen, I'm gonna encourage you. This is what we need in the body of Christ like never before. Christians that are moving on with the Lord and following his will and purpose. Christians who are living out their faith. Christians who just aren't keeping it alone or private or only on social media, but they're socializing with the world out there that's desperate to know the love of God. Now I live in Lompoc, I don't know where you live some of you live in Oxnard, maybe Ventura, maybe Koy. I don't know where you live, maybe Camarillo. But I know one thing, all people are the same. They are desperate to know the love of God. They are desperate to know that they matter. They are desperate to see kindness lived out in front of them. I was watching online on your social media, you got great social media here too. I can learn a lot about your church just from staying connected and I was watching, you know, your, your whole pumpkin festival thing you did with the kids and the jumpy houses and the candy. Did some of you bring candy for that? Did some of you serve at that? You know what you were doing? You were being the heart of Jesus to a community. And I know enough about this area, like in my area, there's people that don't have two nickels to their name, but they could come to a free party and laugh and have a great time and rub shoulders with spirit-filled believers. That's what the... To communities' need. That's what the world desperately needs to see your light shine before men and women that they would glorify God as you do good works for Him. So let me just say this because time is going and I'm just pumped up. I'm excited. Paul was saying, I'm a Pharisee, and the Pharisees knew the Word of God but didn't know the God of the Word. That's deep. You'll think about it over lunch, right? Some people know theology but they don't know Theos. That's God. I've sat with people who can quote everything about the New Testament principles and about salvation, but they're not saved. I know people who can talk about the Holy Spirit and all the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, but they're not filled with the Spirit. Hey, I want you, all of you, just hear me, to live a life in such a way that the Lord is allowed to fill your heart, to fill your mind, and then to flow through you to others. Philippians 3.7, but whatever were gains, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. I consider it all lost. I think Paul the Apostle, if he was standing next to me would say, just go for Jesus. Run after Jesus. Follow after Jesus. You see, God loves you. We heard about that today. How much God loves us. How he chose us. God loves you just the way you are. You could write this down. But he loves you too much to let you stay that way. (laughs) Now, if you just... Elbowed your husband, that's the wrong thing to do, you know. Or elbowed your wife or elbowed your kid. That's the wrong thing to do. That's you and me. God loves where we are today, but he loves us too much to let us stay that way. He's constantly changing us from the inside out. That's why I love Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until when? The, the, The day of Christ. He will carry on his work. He, he started his work and now he's going to carry it on. God is working in every individual on the planet. Over seven and a half billion people, he's working on them at the same time. Do we have a big capacity God or what? He hears every prayer of every language, even people out in the brush that go, they talk with clicks. God understands their clicks. God knows exactly what you're gonna pray and ask Him for before you even ask Him. That's this great God that we have. And then down in verse 12 and 13 of Philippians 3, we're reading it again. Not that I've already obtained all this. I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on. Listen, folks, press on, will you? Just hear the old guy tell you, press on. Let go so you can grab hold. If there's too much in your hand, if there's too much baggage in the past, that you're holding on to, you can't embrace today what God wants you to embrace. And so that's why the second point is real simple it's a holy determination. I am determined in the next years of my life to make much of Jesus. I am determined in my next years of my life to train and develop and encourage young leaders. I am encouraged to, to, to leave a legacy. Uh, you, you're going to write this down, I know, because this, this is powerful. An inheritance is what you leave for someone. I hope you all win the Powerball and you're all rich and you give an inheritance. An inheritance is what you leave for someone, a legacy is what you leave in someone. There's a difference. When you're, when you're touching young people, you're blessing young people, you're coaching your school teacher. Um, you got school teachers in your church, I met one in the, in the entryway during the rally this morning and, and you, you can tell a middle school teacher loves the Lord, man, infiltrating kids. Listen, when you invest in the next generation, you can leave a legacy in someone, not just for someone. I've watched old people die and give all their stuff to their kids. And I've done funerals before and I asked the parents, I I asked the kids, tell me about your parents. Well, they're all right. They left us some money. (laughs) They left us a house it was paid for, hallelujah. What did they leave in your life? Well, they were never around. Never went to our sporting events. They never went to our school plays. I had one lady tell me, an adult, we were doing the funeral of her mom and she said, you know, I was a cheerleader. My mom never came to any of my games. She was always too busy, she dropped me off. Never came to my games. I thought, okay, so I, I wrote that. I always write sermon material down for a funeral, right? Okay, mom never came to talk. And then, and then the son went to the military, mom, mom didn't even see me off when I, when I left. But we're glad they left us the house, we're gonna sell it and parse out the, the equity. I thought, really? I did a funeral for somebody else, guy didn't have much, and his family had a whole box full of journals, his devotions, and they said every morning dad prayed with us, every night dad laid his hands on us, every sporting event, even when I was a turkey in fourth grade for the Thanksgiving thing, right, a pilgrim, my my, my dad came to everything I did, he would take off work, he'd go into work extra early so he could be at all my basketball games and football games and he taught me how to be a man. He taught me how to believe in Jesus. He taught me how to take care of a woman by the way he takes care of my mom. Listen, that's a legacy you leave in someone right there. Okay? I don't know who needed to hear that. That's just a side note. I had a lot of coffee this morning, so that's part of it. <laughs> hey, can, can, can I remind you, there are people that I've encountered in my years of ministry that somehow have a, a misconception that the cross of Jesus wasn't good enough. Well, the Lord, the Lord can forgive the world, but he can't forgive me because... Well, the Lord could forgive them, but, but I did something so horrific that... And usually why I tell people is this, if you're gonna look up in heaven and tell God the Father that the cross wasn't good enough, will you give me warning? Because I don't wanna be anywhere in the room When when you state that, when you listen to Pastor Philip talk to us today about what Jesus went through on our behalf. Jesus died on a cross and he did it just for you. And you've heard that a million times. I wish I could say it to you and be the first time, if Jesus could have just come to die for you, he would have done it. That's how valuable you are to him. And that allows us to let go of our past. See, Jesus Christ has the power to forgive our past and empower us to let go, to grab hold and move forward with Him. Only He has the power to do that. There is no potential in the past, only potential in the future. I mean, for me to stand up here and tell you how fast I was in track would mean absolutely positively nothing. Because you look at me now, mean nothing. Where's my potential? It's all in the future. It's all in to tomorrow. And I feel the intensity of the Apostle Paul here. I'm gonna press on. And if there's any word I could leave you with today is is let's just press on for the Lord. Let's go all in. Let's just give it up for God. Don't play church. We don't need you to be religious. We got enough religious kooks to last us a lifetime. We need people with a relationship with God, they love the word, they love each other, they serve in the church, they serve in the community. Do you guys know that whenever I come down this way, I ask people at the coffee shops and the restaurants around here, do you guys know New Light Church in Oxnard? Oh yeah. Well, tell me about the church. Can I tell you what they said? Uh, our family didn't have food. We were food poor and we went to their, drive-throughs during the pandemic. We don't know anything about the church inside the building, but we do know we went through the drive-through. We met some of the finest people. They filled our trunk with groceries. I said, really, that, that that that's good. I said, you know what they were trying to do? They were just trying to be Jesus to you in that moment. Well, uh, uh, our, our, our kid was really struggling and, and went to new life we would drop them off, we would go have breakfast, we wouldn't even go to church, we would drop them off. <laughs> By the way, don't do that. But anyway, they would, they would drop their kid off. Listen to this story, they told me this. They would drop their kid off, and the kid started to understand who Jesus was, gave his life to Christ, and told the parents every night at dinner that they, they should start praying. The family said, we don't pray, but the kid said we should pray. That boy had eternity placed into his heart by being here at New Life. see, that's the kind of church you have. And I'm just telling you, as an old guy now, be that kind of church to this world. They're desperate to know. Now, I wanna give you a little illustration. If you've seen this before, just bear with it. But look how God made our bodies. Hang on a second. Look how God made our bodies. Where did He put our eyes? On the front so we would look forward. Where do you put our mouth? On the front so we speak blessings going forward. Our our ears have little cups on them so we could listen forward. Our feet are pointing forward. Look at, look at they're pointing forward. If you rest your arms by your side without moving them, they actually have a little bit of an arc going forward. Your hands are forward. There's only one thing behind us to remind us that some things are better left behind. Come on. (laughs) Now what does that have to do with the Bible? Everything. Because the Apostle Paul said one thing, I'm focused, I have a holy determination, a holy concentration. See, we are in the process and we're making progress The process to progress. The process to take one step in front of the other one and move forward. Listen, when a little child starts taking their steps for the first time and starts walking, I'm a dad and a grandpa, I know what it feels like. You don't sit there and say, well, son, (coughs) I can do better than that. (laughs) No, man, you cheer that kid on. Way to go, mijo, come on. Right? You Hispanic center room, mijo tanchulo, right? Right? Hey. (laughs) Anyway, and he's moving forward, she's moving forward. Listen, when you woke up this morning, determined to come to church, all of heaven looked over and said, look it, there's Johnny, there's Susie, oh, there's Miguel, they're going to church. Yay. When you read your Bible in the morning or at night, whenever you do it, all of heaven rejoices. Well, Lord, I I missed three days. Yeah. Walk, walk, walk. No. God says I'm gonna meet you as you read my word because I breathe in that word. When you serve, when you give, when you give of your time, your talent, and your treasures, God honors that. Listen, we don't have a God who's so mean. You remember that whack-a-mole game, do you remember? I, I'm so old, I used to go to Chuck E. Cheese, but anyway, that whack-a-mole game. Some people think God has that mallet and he's waiting for you to rise in the morning. Whack, whack, Why? He is not. When you wake up in the morning, he's saying, oh, I'm ready to fill you with my spirit. I'm ready to use you today. When you have fear and doubts, I'm ready to help you today. You are not alone. You are not alone. So I want to tell you a quick story. I've only told this one other time, one other place, so it's not polished, but it's really from my heart. I don't know if any of you know your history, but back In the late 30s, there was a thing called Kristallnacht. Uh, We have a picture somewhere coming up somewhere. Ah, that's my dad's synagogue where he worshiped the Lord where he was bar mitzvahed at the ripe age of 13. You see, he was raised in the Jewish faith and so was I. My father and his twin brother Bernard, who I'm named after. uh, Bernard was killed in Auschwitz by brutal beating My father looked out a hospital window. He was having his appendix taken out and he saw his synagogue being burned down and his mother came to him and said, Max, Max, you gotta get out. They're rounding up all the Jewish people. This is the beginning of the Holocaust. And they're looting the businesses and they're burning down the synagogue, the holy place of worship. You were singing this morning, Elohim, Yahweh, I grew up praying that way, Adonai, the name of God. And I thought to myself, when I was old enough to understand the story of my dad, what he must have gone through. Well, my father escaped Nazi Germany. His mother that told him to get out of the hospital died in a transport train. Uh, For three days, she was put in a cargo train and sardined in with no food, no water, no toilets, and she died in transport. My dad's sister Erna was also killed in the gas chamber where the Jewish people thought they were going to take a shower and they turned on the gas and they died of asphyxiation. Well, many years later I witnessed the story of my dad. We have a picture of him here too. Uh, That's my dad at 18 good looking guy, Uh, he joined the Italian partisans and fought against the Nazis. My dad was an executioner, he killed, killed Nazis, that was his assignment. Now I'm gonna fast forward my life because of time and tell you there was a day that we went into Los Angeles to a museum and in a side room they put my father and I and from a side door came this old gentleman with wrinkles on his face. He sat across from my father. I sat across from his son. And they introduced this gentleman and said, this gentleman was a part of Hitler's regime, the Gestapo. Now this was not the very gentleman who killed my father's family, but he represented that. And I watched my dad filled with anger Hatred. You see, the mantra of the Jewish people who went through the Holocaust is this, we will never forget. It's kind of like we in Americans, if you're really American, we honor our veterans. We remember them on Memorial Day who gave their life because freedom isn't free, right? Right? And my father, who came to know Christ as his savior, For 80 years, he had that vision of the synagogue being burned down, seared in his mind. And even before he died at the age of 96, he said, the greatest accomplishment in my life is the day I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And he leaned over the table, and he looked in the eyes of this gentleman that was a part of the Gestapo, and he said, we will never forget I'll never forget my twin brother. I'll never forget my father being brutalized and having his eye pulled out with a pair of pliers and a swastika branded in his back. I'll never forget the fact I never saw my mom again. I'll never forget the fact that my twin brother was beaten to death in Auschwitz concentration camp. I sat across the table from a young man who, if we were one generation prior, that young man would have tried to kill me for my Jewish faith. But I watched my dad. He was an interesting fellow, but I'll say one thing about him. In that moment, the grace of God filled that little room. And he said, sir, if Jesus Christ could die on a cross, shed his blood for me, and forgive me of all my atrocities that I did, who would I be to hold a grudge against you? I will never forget, but I forgive you. And my dad began to witness in German to this guy on the other side of the table. I get a little choked up thinking about it, but but I wanna end this message by asking you a simple question. What's on the other side of your table? Who's sitting there? Who have you given power to to speak over your life? Who, who, who do you allow to determine who you are? See, the only person that gets the right to speak over your life is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If failure, if hurt, if trauma become your final word, then everything is lost. But the final word today is we serve a risen Savior who's powerful to forgive. And I would love for you to have this imagery in in your your heart with me, to see what's on the other side of the table, to to visualize even what's over there. If it's the devil, well, don't forgive him. (laughs) because you could tell him you have no place here because I'm God's property. If it's the lies of someone If it's someone who's spoken ill of you and you hold on to those things, in the words of that great movie Frozen, let it go. Let it go. Dear ones, if I could sit with you today and have a cup of coffee or iced tea, I would just look in your eyes and say, don't you dare let the power of hell, the power of darkness, the power of the past hold you because there's freedom in Christ that's greater than anything you face. And I know when you walk out these doors, you're gonna walk out to a world, that the same world you left. But I pray you don't walk out the same, not just because I came, but because God wants you to know that he goes with you and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And we, we heard it today that, that, that these walls aren't the church, you're, you're the church and Jesus prophesied, the gates of hell will not prevail against you, the church. By the way, but, but, but there's gates in my life. Remember that gates have hinges and gates were meant to be open. Uh, come on. If I had another hour, we would talk about that. But listen, I want you to stand to your feet. And if you would indulge me for just a moment before our last song, um, even if this isn't your, your, your deal, would you raise your hands? And would you raise them like this, this way with your, with your palms extended this way? Would you? You see, when I was a little Jewish boy, we used to gather on Friday nights under the, the shawl or the tallest of the rabbi. And he would take his, his shawl like this and we would run down to the front to get a blessing. And here's how what he taught us. Okay? When we bless God, we do it this way. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. When we receive from God, we, we do it this way. Ah. We turn our hands like we're receiving a package. So first of all, can we just say, thank you, Lord. Let's just tell Him with our own way, our own words. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, that you forgive us. Thank you, Lord, for grace. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. If you're not saved yet, today is your day. Don't you dare wait another day. Just give your life to Jesus. And here's a prayer. You can pray it with me. It's really simple. Jesus, I give you my life. Let's just tell him, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. You're our healer. You're our forgiver. You're our Lord. You are with us. And now would you turn your hands this way? And you need to tell him now, Lord, here's what's on the other side of my table. Here's what I'm allowing to hold me. Here's what I'm allowing to keep me back. Here's where I'm not pressing in. God, I speak it to you and I give it to you. It could be fear. It could be doubt. It could be a, a, a horrible, devilish prophecy spoken over your life. You'll never amount to anything. Forget it. That died on the cross. You'll never become. Stop saying it. Go home today and change your language. If you're married, look in your wife's eyes and say, I don't deserve you, baby. Then get romantic. <laughs> And ladies, start loving on your husbands. Parents, love your kids. Bless them, pray over them. Leave a legacy inside their lives. Lord, we receive whatever you have for us in this moment. We don't ask you to do anything else but just be God. Just be our savior. Just be our Lord. May the powers of hell have no place here No place in these hearts, no place in these homes, no place in this community, no place in these schools. May the power of heaven, the power of the Holy Spirit rule and reign our lives. Rule and reign over Pastor Steve and Tammy and this team. Rule and reign over the future of this church. And God, I just pray in your mighty name that you'll do your work in us. We'll change how we think. We'll change how we speak. We'll let go so we can embrace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. God bless you, new life.